0: scrambles
1: left winds up he's got time at the 10 to the back yes. to the end zone touchdown
0: and a dagger yannis into the lane yannis spinning fading shot
1: up God for yannis at
0: the buzzer bucks win it Heyo, what's going on Packer fans? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. I am joined as always by my two good buddies, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla and Tyler aka T Plush. You can find Scott on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. You can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Gerth. We have a bit of news this week. As you might have been able to tell by the intro, um, our podcast setup is changing just a little bit. Um, we are going to be posting our podcast based on the team um so for the Packers podcast, like I said it's the Packers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. Um and if you wanted to do the Bucks, obviously just change the Packers out for Bucks and you'll be able to find that. So it'll look a little bit different on Spotify or iTunes, Stitcher, Google, wherever you're finding your podcast. Um but the good thing is, is our social media isn't changing. So we'll be sharing those in the same way. Um, so if that's how you listen to it, that will be exactly the same. Um, but just be on the lookout next week that it will be in a slightly different spot on those apps. You'll have to search, um, for those different channels. Then we're just doing that. So, people that don't listen to the podcast are able to find it a little bit better. If they're looking for a brewers podcast, they'll be able to find us a little bit easier Then um, the other news we have is we created a website and that website is www.wiscosportstrilogy.com. Um, we started that. We're going to be posting our podcast there. We are also going to start blogging there. Um, so scott tyler and i are all going to be blogging about the bucks the packers and the brewers um for people that would rather read than listen to podcasts also we're looking for you guys um, as fans if you want to start writing and writing about your favorite teams feel free to hit us up on twitter um, or facebook and just send us a message and we will um get you started and Get you writing and we'll post that onto our website. So it's a great opportunity for all of us. Um, with all of that, let's get down to some Packers talk. So today we're just going to talk a little bit um, about players that we think are going to take a big step this year. We are going to answer a listener question. And at the end of the show, we're going to discuss how crazy we think I am which is probably pretty high, right, guys? Pretty much. (laughs) Well, at least we all agree on that. So for making um, big leaps this year, I know we've talked about in in a previous podcast about specifically year two leaps for players, Um, but I just want to talk about leaps in general and specifically leaps that most fans aren't going to really be, like, expecting. Um, So I think a few players that instantly get, like, scratched off there then is EQ and MVS because I feel like people are expecting those two to really step up um, and take a bigger role in this offense. So I'll kind of turn it over to you guys. Where are you guys thinking? um, We're each going to pick two players, but just say your first pick to start out
1: uh so the first guy i picked um was aaron jones um granted he did have a very good uh 2018 um he did only play 12 games he had the suspension and obviously ended um injured um finished the year with 728 rushing yards and I think we can actually expect more out of him. He obviously finished with that high yards per carry average, um, but I kind of you know did some digging around, and I was thinking to myself, when you asked me this question, I'm like, man, I could remember Derrick Henry last year for the Titans, like going crazy, like game after game after game. And I'm like, man, Matt and Floor is doing something right there. So I looked into it, and the Titans' offense last year um, recorded under 70 rushing yards only twice. Um, 11 times, they recorded a game with over 100 rushing yards. And then out of the three games I'm missing, they had over 90 90 rushing yards. They just missed that century mark, barely. Um, So they kind of used Henry and Lewis as the running backs. There's 13 combined rushing touchdowns between them. And then kind of the other biggie is between the two of them, they had 74 receptions out of the backfield um so i think that kind of sets aaron jones up well um even if they do use a tandem um he's i think he's going to produce a lot more he's definitely going to crack that 1000 yard club um he did have eight touchdowns last year i think if he stays healthy he's going to find the end zone even more our offense has a chance to really do something crazy and then the best part um Aaron Jones is doing all he can to set himself up for success. I'm not sure if anyone follows him on Instagram, but last week he posted a picture of himself in the gym um, indicating that he was down to 5% body fat after being at 11 last year. So he's absolutely jacked now. So I think that's, that's my rationale for Aaron Jones making an even bigger leap here next season.
2: Nice. I'd be okay with that. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with a pretty obvious one. J.K. Scott. I thought he did okay. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: That
1: thought crossed my mind. I was like, whoa!
0: (laughs) Scott's going with a punter? What?
2: Even though I do think he's going to have a better year. um, You know, this is tough because I got three guys and i think one of them you guys already know who i would pick so i'm gonna go with my other two so i'm gonna say for my first one josh jackson i think um i think he did pretty well in his first year but i do think he's going to step up even more i mean you gotta love those guys iowa defenders um great aggressive players he's pretty intelligent um for how young he is um he had an exceptional game against the Patriots this last year, kind of just showing a taste of what he could do. Um, his highest, that was his highest overall graded game at 84.8, and highest coverage grade, 90.3, according to Pro Football Focus. Um, and in that game, he had two pass breakups. So, uh I'm I'm expecting him to step up. I thought it was amazing last year that we got both Jair and Josh. So uh, I'm expecting big things from these young guys, and uh, I think he's gonna stay in uh, top top three uh, cornerbacks for us this season, at least top three.
0: Yeah. So we got Aaron Jones and Josh Jackson josh jackson i expected to be a part of this conversation aaron jones that kind of surprised me tyler um but you made you made a good argument it makes a lot of sense um with just a guy that's going to emphasize the running game coming in as the coach is really gonna hopefully help that even with the platoon that's going to happen and it happened last year too so that doesn't really hold him back i don't think and he's going to He can't be a guy that's out there all the time anyways, just based on his injury history. So I do really like that, even though it's kind of surprising for me. My first guy um, is Oren Burks. And I am, like, really high on Oren Burks. I know you guys know that. Um, But I just think he's going to make a huge leap. Um, And, I mean... Part of that, we kind of talked about that in the Bucks episode this week. About he was just not on the field, so it's going to be tough for him not to make a jump if he's on the field. Like that's a leap in itself. But I do think he's going to be effective, especially in passing downs. Uh, he's a very good coverage player. I mean, a former defensive back at Vanderbilt in in college, and I just think he's going to help tremendously. You can put him on a tight end. He's got the size for that. You can put him on a running back. He's got the speed for that. So he has great versatility at the linebacker position. Um, He does struggle in the run, but he's got some good players playing right alongside him. Uh, Blake Martinez, damn good run stopper. Um, He struggles in coverage, but Oren Burks can make up for that. And then along the defensive front, you know, our first overall pick this year, very good run stopper. Kenny Clark, very good run stopper. Zadarius and Preston Smith, good run stoppers. Mike Daniels, good run stoppers. So he doesn't need to be that. Um, I still think he needs to work on his run fits, but I think if he's out there to cover, I think he could have a huge impact and make a big, big leap in in this 2019 season.
1: Hmm. I knew you were going to yep. pick Oren Burks.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. You know... <laughs> I, I couldn't not. That's why that was the whole reason I wanted to talk about this, because I wanted to talk about Oren Burke some more.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, I'll be honest. Scott stole my second one. So I will elaborate just a little bit more, and then I will give you a reason why I don't expect a leap out of a player as well. I'll make up for it. <laughs> um, so I also had Josh Jackson pegged in mind. Um, obviously, kind of what Trevor said we saw what his weaknesses were last year. It's hard to make that transition from a college corner to a pro corner. It's extremely hard to be successful year one. So, you know, if he improves in coverage, um, you know, or maybe it was just communication getting lost, because there's sometimes where, you know, he struggled in coverage. He always said that one great game Scott was talking about. Um but then when you look at his stats from last year, he never—he didn't have a single interception last year, didn't have a sack. And I thought that was both of those were really surprising. Um, he did force one fumble um, and had 41 tackles. So I think it's easy for him to make a leap. Um, you know, essentially he gets one or two interceptions. Yeah, that's already considered a leap. Well, kind of, you know, if he's obviously blowing coverage, then that's taking a step back. But I don't expect that out of him. Um, But one player I think who is not going to make a leap um, is Jimmy Graham. So there's obviously a lot of hype this offseason about, you know, if he can have a bounce-back year or something like that at his age 100 season, however old he is. Um, But I was going through some past (laughs) interviews and whatnot, and Matt LaFleur, you know, said what we look at at a tight end is, you know, someone who's versatile and can – you know basically essentially stretch the defense so can is fast vertically can really you know kind of be like a burner almost down the field and you know that's what they intended to do with Delaney Walker when he's in Tennessee last year before he got hurt and that is just not Jimmy Graham's forte anymore it's I can't see him as that guy Jay Sternberger yeah he'll be that guy but I don't think Jimmy Graham's gonna be that guy maybe he becomes more of a red zone guy you know get some more touchdowns because we actually use him, um you know throwing some jump balls to a six foot seven tight end but i don't think you know receptions or yard wise we can expect a leap out of jimmy graham
2: Uh, that's that's good uh you know i'm really struggling to pick my next one because i think there's several people that are going to take a leap um I'm not even going to list him as one of mine because everyone knows he's going to take a leap in Kumaro. So I was going to say <laughs> uh, a tight end. Um, I I wasn't necessarily thinking Jimmy Graham. I was thinking um, whether that's Mercedes Lewis or Robert Tanyan, if he makes the team, um, if either of them make the team, if, which I doubt we keep four tight ends, but... Um, I'm expecting a leap from a tight end because they were almost non-existent last year Uh, and that's a target that Aaron has shown that he loves to use I think that it's gonna be um, I think it's gonna be more utilized this year so I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna name a specific player because who knows Jay Sternberger may come out to be the Primary um, tight end, at least for passing situations. So um, I'm just going to say the tight end position in general.
0: Okay. Am I allowed um, to do that? So actually, the third player on my list was Jimmy Graham. Um, So that's kind of interesting that Tyler and I are on complete opposite sides. But my second player wasn't picked, so I want to talk about him. Um, And this might be a surprise, and that is Jair Alexander, I think is just going to take a huge step forward this year. Um, And that's mainly because, yes, he was great last year in certain games. Um, That Rams game really sticks out. He was like – stuck on Brandon Cooks and didn't let him do anything. He was great in that game Um, but he had injury problems Um, he also had some inconsistency issues and a rookie cornerback you expect that Um, but I also expect Jair to be more consistent this year and if he's consistent for 16 games that is just going to be a huge step over what he did last year because he was inconsistent Um, when he was out on the field and also he did have those injury issues which might have played a role but I just think he's going to be a lot more effective this year Um, being in the second year of being in the NFL and also in the second year of Mike Pettin's system he should be better and he should be more consistent and if he does that he's going to be taking a huge step forward this year so um, I kind of want to discuss Do we ha- can we con- come on a consensus of who we think going to take the biggest step um, or do you guys are kind of set with who you picked
1: oh that's tough uh, I, I'm pretty set on who I picked I'm really not sold on Oren Burks yet so I think I, think I, I like my two and yeah, I'm sorry Scott Kumaro ain't doing it <laughs>
2: He wasn't one of my two <laughs>
1: <Fair enough. laughs> um
2: i i mean i'm i'm pretty sold that i think that my two are gonna improve but like i said i think there's gonna be a lot of improvement across the board i think just inserting a new system and injecting the whole team with a new life is gonna make so many people much better i mean we didn't even talk about any of the offensive linemen who could step up um we didn't talk about i mean even some of the new guys who came to our team that were solid before who might uh, might definitely step up so it's really tough to just narrow it down to two that you're really expecting to make the biggest leap um i am gonna I think I would say that it would probably be someone on the defensive side that I think is gonna make the biggest leap uh, even though it might be harder to measure that compared to offense but um that's just my prediction
0: yeah you you brought up like um players that weren't on this team last year and I think you're right like Zadarius could easily be like taking the biggest step forward in production. Um, and that is going to have a huge impact on this team. We can't really measure it in impact cause he's in a different system. He's on a different team now, but I do think he could take a huge step forward in production. Preston, Preston Smith can do that too. Um, it'll be interesting to see what these rookies can do in terms of leap. We can't really talk about that with them. Um, but Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage are going to be a part of this defense, so seeing what they're going to do. Um, Scott mentioned Jay Sternberger. He could have an impact this year. Typically, like cornerbacks, typically rookie tight ends struggle, um, but we will see. There are always exceptions to the rule, and I'm just super excited because, like Scott said, there is just a lot of people, and it was it's hard to pick. Um, just a few people that are going to take that step forward especially on this team um, where Matt LaFleur coming in is really going to help players and that's why I had Jimmy Graham third was because I he emphasizes tight ends Um, he's in two tight end sets a lot he does three tight end sets so Jimmy Graham is going to be out on the field and I think Matt LaFleur also schemes tight ends open Mike McCarthy was like To all of his players, go win one-on-one. I am not going to have good play design. You just have to go win one-on-one. And it was great when we had Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, all those guys, uh, James Jones, Jermichael Finley. Um, It worked then. But then when the talent drops off a little bit, you need to have some good play design, some scheme to get guys open, and that's what Matt LaFleur sounds like he's really focused on. He did a lot of that in Tennessee. Um, he's coming from the Shanahan, uh, McVay tree, and they do a lot of that as well. So, you know, I think a lot of it is just offensively is the scheme they're getting in. And Tyler mentioned that with Aaron Jones, I just am super excited about what this team is going to be able to do this year. Um, and we won't know until we watch them play, but I mean, we just laid out a ton of guys that could very easily take big steps forward, which is super exciting. Um, All right, moving along to our listener question. Um, This comes from Eric. If you remember a couple weeks back, maybe it was last week, I don't remember, uh, we answered one of his questions before, and he sent us another one. He said, thanks for answering my question. Here's another one for you in case you need some talking points. I love Kevin King and think he's very talented, but he gets, if he gets hurt again this year, um, and misses the majority of the season, what do you think we should do with him? And I'm assuming he means like when his rookie contract is up. So what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I, I took that as when his rookie contract is done too, which isn't until 2021. So we had at least two more full seasons with Kevin King, um so if let's say he misses most of the season um I honestly think the best answer is you do nothing <laughs> I, I think that's the solution uh he's very like Eric said he's a very talented cornerback um you're not going to find someone of his talent level you know at that bargain of a price so if he would miss this year, he hope he comes back next year even stronger. We know when he's out there, he's reliable and going to do a very good job. And, you know, no matter how well he does, say that year after he produces, you know, all of a sudden better than Jair, you know, miraculously, because it's a contract year, and that's something that would happen to the Packers, <clears throat> Nick Perry. <laughs> um, I say <laughs> you don't fall for that trap again. If he would have a year, he reproduces really well. And I don't care how well he does, you just you let him go. If the injuries become too big of a problem, you let his contract expire in Green Bay, and he will move on to somewhere else. Yeah, I, I
2: think I'd agree with Tyler. I mean, um, it's tough to say until you see him back on the field. He... He could have lost a, a lot of his first step of agility. He could have um, just sitting out, he could be way out of shape. I, I, I don't know, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, I'm sure he's learning a lot about the mental part of the game while he's out, but uh, who knows? I mean, being hurt that much also does a number on your on your confidence um, when making sharp cuts, when doing whatever it is you did to injure it in the first place. So I, it's really difficult to say. I, I think we're kind of set up well in the secondary right now. Um, I, Of course, I'd love to have him back, and I do think he is talented. I, he's He's a great physical specimen for the position, so um, let's just hope this isn't an issue, that he comes back and is doing just fine.
0: Yeah, I think overall, I agree with most of your guys' statements, like, um, I was wondering if someone was going to bring up Nick Perry, because that's like exactly what happened with him, first three years of his rookie contract, couldn't stay on the field, um, and was very like questionable if he was going to stay in Green Bay because of those injury concerns the first three years, then miraculously his contract year, he's healthy, has a great year, Packers overpay for him, and then he's hurt the rest of his time in Green Bay, essentially. Um, and that's the thing I'm scared of. But I do think you let his rookie contract end out because he is an extremely talented player, like we've all been saying. Um, I think... Like From a talent standpoint, when he's been on the field, what I've seen from him, he's the number one corner on this team. It's not Jair Alexander. It is Kevin King when he is on the field. He is that good. Um, And having him healthy would, for these next two years, the Packers are going to have to pay him very handsomely. Um, But he hasn't shown the ability to stay on the field. So if he is hurt the majority of the season like Eric brought up, I think you have to be very wary of that contract if he does perform in his contract year. Now, if the fourth year he goes on and has more injury concerns but they're not as severe, maybe he's out there for 12 or so games, um, so he's only missing four, five, three, four, five games um, in that contract year after basically his first three years being washes because he's not out on the field. Then maybe you give him a small one-year prove-it deal or a two-year prove-it deal, um, and if he stays on the field, then you pay him from there. That's ideally what I would like to happen. I'd, I don't know. I, I mean, ideally, I'd like to see him out there the next two years and performing how we all know he can. Um, but, yeah, it definitely will be interesting, and I think this year is going to be a huge year for Kevin King and his career. And is really gonna kind of put his career on path of what the rest of his career is gonna be if he's hurt. I can't imagine after three years being hurt that he's just as he gets older he's gonna get more healthy. I just don't see that happening. Um, but if he stays healthy this year and next year, maybe there's maybe there's a chance that he can be a number one corner in the NFL. Um, because I do think he has the talent. Do you guys have anything else on Kevin King?
1: Um, I do not. Um, off the top, well, I guess the only thing, oh, off the top of my head, so he ended last year with a groin injury, if I'm correct. Did he end up having surgery on that? Do we remember it all?
0: Um, honestly, I don't remember. I know he's had, like his rookie year and stuff, he had shoulder issues and stuff, and... That was a problem going into his second year. So last year, that shoulder was an issue. Um, but I don't remember specifically on the groin if he had surgery or not. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Um,
1: Great question, yeah, really Eric. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> um
0: Yes, but please as you guys think of questions as you're listening um please keep them coming we might not get to them every week but it is a nice way to get more topics in especially in the off season and then just talking about stuff that you guys want to hear um i think is very important so yeah keep sending in the questions um Eric keeps sending them in anyone else that's listening and you have any sort of questions that you want us to talk about, please send them to our Twitter. Um, you can either uh, DM us or you can mention us on Twitter. You can message us on Facebook. Lots of ways to get your questions to us. Um, so please go ahead and do that. The last thing I wanted to talk about is the craziness of myself. Um I am like, I know it's early June, um, but at this point, I am extremely confident, and I don't know why, but I am extremely confident that the Packers are going to win the NFC North, and I'm expecting 11 or 12 wins. So Holy how shit. how crazy am I being right now,
1: guys? Well, I think that's the expectation of all Packer fans, really. <laughs> so for once you may not be crazy and i mean well you look at the schedule though too and we've talked a little bit about it but it's it's definitely doable i mean if you you know if i look at the schedule and i go hmm what games are the packers gonna lose like what i say is a for sure loss i'd say okay probably at arrowhead against the chiefs that's that's pretty difficult um at LA for the Chargers that's pretty difficult Um, and then after that like that's really about it so (laughs) that's the only two I could think of where I'd be like yeah we probably won't win that game Uh, Scott? yeah I I mean
2: I think you're a little bit crazy Um, I think that 12 might be a bit high I am also trying to tamper my expectations. I know everything's new, everything's exciting. We've upgraded a lot. Again, I just haven't seen them on the field yet. I don't know what to expect. And it's, it's always great to have a team that looks amazing on paper until you see them out there it's hard to judge i'm super excited for the year i know for sure it's going to be better than last year but i'm not riding that train yet i think nfc north is going to be tough this year um i think there's three teams with a very good chance at that title and we'll see i mean i we'll see i think it's possible
0: yeah um so tyler to your point about games you look at the schedule and are like "Oh, uh, they're more than likely going to lose that one i honestly think that week one against the bears is really tough first yeah. off you're at soldier field second off this is legit your coach's first NFL game um mm-hmm. as a head coach obviously and Typically, especially, like, recent Packer coaches have not fared well against the Bears, I believe, in their first appearance against the Bears. It might be in the first year. They kind of struggle against the Bears specifically. Um, granted, that's, like, not scientific at all, and that could very easily change. Matt LaFleur could easily go 2-0 and against the Bears this year. But that game really kind of scares me. Um And really, for me, week two is the most important game. Because like I said, I think the Packers, in all likelihood, are probably going to lose that Thursday night game against the Bears. Um, But they play Vikings at home week two, and that will be the Bart Starr halftime remembrance um, is going to happen during that game. Um, But if the Packers lose to the Vikings in week two, I think that really makes it a, a tough uphill climb um, for the Packers just because that's it's never easy starting out 0-2. And to go and lose two games to the two teams in the division that are going to compete for that title um, is going to be a struggle. So if they come out 1-1 one and one after week two, I like Tyler said, outside of the Chiefs and the Chargers, Like, what really scares you on this schedule? They play away um, at the Cowboys. Um, Aaron Rodgers owns Jerry World. Um, Other than that, away games, Chiefs and Chargers, like Tyler said. Um, But then you got the 49ers. That could be a tough game. Um, See how Jimmy G comes back. That's a big factor there. Giants, that should be an easy win on the road. Um, and then Vikings in lines late in the season. So like you, you kind of have to think about it. Like there's four or five games. So if the Packers lose against the bears and then they beat the Vikings week two, and then they lose those two games, the chiefs and the chargers, and then say they lose on the road to the Vikings, um, that's four games. That's a 12-win season right there. Like the schedule looks pretty good. If you go eight zero at home, it's a pretty easy schedule on the road. Minus those four games, and then you go 500 on the road. That's a 12-win season. Um, so, and I just keep talking myself more and more into this. So, yeah, I I think it's possible. Um, Tyler seems to agree with me. Scott. Agrees to a point, not quite to the point I'm at, but I think we can handle that, especially after a terrible 6 9 1 season for Packers standards, at least.
1: All right. Do you guys have anything else? Yeah. The only thing you forgot to mention with the Bears and why the Packers will go 2 0 against them this year is that they have a uh, new secret weapon in Ha Ha Clinton Dix playing for the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes good point uh, so I would like to make the bold prediction that uh, week one Rodgers throws for over 300 yards and four touchdowns versus the Bears <laughs> and we're getting off on the right and two, and two of the touchdowns are going to be haha's
0: mistakes oh yeah for sure you know it
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm all aboard I'm ready
0: All right, well, if that is all you guys have, that will be it for us. Um, Remember, if you guys want to send in questions for any of our podcasts, Bucks, Brewers, or Packers, make sure you do that on our Twitter page or our Facebook page. Um, You can find us on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. Um, One new development that we haven't mentioned yet as well as we created an Instagram. I believe it's the same handle at trilogy underscore pod. Um, So you can find us on there, send us questions there as well. And be sure to check out the website. There will be blog posts coming soon um, from us three here. And then hopefully, If we get some fans that want to write for us as well, um, just to get some new thoughts and ideas out there, that would be great. And having more content for you guys um, that way as well. But that will be it for us this week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack. Blue Packers.